In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, a radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. Hey, my name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Look, I'm going to open up with something that is not new to any of y'all. The Washington, D.C. metro area is an amazingly diverse part of our country. Every day, we see folks from many different ethnic backgrounds, and that's a beautiful thing. I think it's like flowers in the field, man, and God likes that diversity, doesn't he? He created all of us differently. Well, our guest on today's show, on today's program, is going to share with us his journey of his own ethnic acceptance when it came to serving in ministry and being a pastor. So let's talk about it. And of course, you know the drill. To get us going, my good buddy, my friend, love him in Jesus, Pastor Brian Bales. Man, I almost got choked up when I said that. I dude. just figured I'm you were forgetting kidding. my name. As, no, but no, I, appreciate I didn't forget that. it all. He's the senior pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, brother. Hey. You know, I, I say this every that time. That scares me a little bit when I got choked up. Well, you, I appreciate it. I, I really, really do. Because um, I love doing this show, and I love being your friend. And I Amen. love Amen. the things we talk about and the importance of the gospel. Amen. And, Amen. And one of the truths of the gospel is that it is, as we say, good news, and it's good news to everybody. Amen. And as we look at Scripture, we can look at a section of Scripture in Psalms and says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Meaning that how we were created, how we look, our cultural background, all of those things, none of those things are a mistake to Jesus. Amen. They didn't catch him off guard. They weren't a surprise. In fact, he designed it that way. But the reality we also know is is that the gospel has to not just transform us from a head standpoint, but also a heart standpoint Indeed. to where these truths we know about how Jesus made us and how it works actually sinks into how we live day in and day out. And I think for all of us, we have challenges, especially when we live uh, in a very multicultural area of the, of the world, but certainly in the United States, and how we have to learn to work together amidst our cultural differences and then appreciate the specific, unique cultural imprint that God has given us. But that takes some work sometime. And so today I'm excited uh, to have my friend Owen Lee in here. He serves as a senior pastor of Christ Central Presbyterian Church. That is in Centerville, Virginia. He has a Bachelor of Arts in Rhetoric from UC Berkeley. He has a Master of Divinity at Westminster Seminary in California. Uh, Before his call, uh, to serve as a senior pi- pastor there at Christ Central in 2012. He had served as the English ministry pastor of New Life Mission Church in Fullerton, California, 2000 to 2002. And even before that, um, after that, rather, he was the church planning pastor of New Life Mission Church in Burbank, California, 2002 to 2011. He's married to Margaret. They have three children together, Abby, Caleb, and Lizzie, and I wish I could take some time to start talking a little bit about what I know about Owen and some amazing background, and he's got some martial arts abilities that that will scare all of us in that way, but we're going to dive into what we're really here for today. You know what, when you say, hey, 
when you read some of these bios, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just sloughing off, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just not smart enough to do any of this. Well, Like, I mean, he sounds like a brainiac. Yeah, he is. He is. And we, we want to get to know Owen a little bit. Now, this is not new information. Uh, when people listen, whether they've seen my picture or not, I'm Bahamian. Uh, pe- that was a joke, right? <laughs> a lot of times when amen we listen, amen. right, when we listen to people, we can hear from accent or background or whatever, a different cultural imprint. Sure. And sure. when we hear that different cultural imprint, whether we try or not, many times certain things start to pop up in our mind. Now, um, Owen, I want to introduce yourself, and this is going to be an odd question because we don't usually lead with a question. Um, would you let people know a little bit about your background ethnic-wise? So we start this conversation about ethnicity and multicultural worship because you won't sound Bahamian is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, thanks for having me on, Brian. So I am uh, what they call the second generation Korean American. Mm-hmm. And what that means is my parents immigrated from Korea. Okay. But I was born in America. All right. And so I grew up kind of biculturally, but my first language is English, though I am kind of fluent in Korean and Korean culture because I grew up speaking Korean to my parents mm-hmm. and kind of going to a Korean church and stuff like that. So I'm considered a second generation Korean American. And second generation culture here is, is a pretty common thing. And in, in, yes. uh, in fact, uh, you're a pastor, right? Yes. And, and is that uh, the predominant sort of uh, group of people who pastor and come to the church that you pastor? Yes. Uh, our church is what I would consider a majority culture, second generation Korean American church. So most of the people at our church, I would say about 90% of the people at our church have happen to be what we call second generation Korean Americans or what we call Mm 1.5 Korean Americans. What that means is uh, there are those that immigrated to America probably at around age 10 to 15. So somewhere in middle school. So they're really bicultural and bilingual. Okay. So when we talk about church experiences, there's something different between being a church that is diverse Mm. and a church that's being multicultural. That's right. Right. Because lots of times, uh, like for example, at Christian Fellowship Church, we have a vast diversity of people who come. Mm-hmm. We're still not quite yet to the place of what I would call a multicultural church. Yes. So that we have a bunch of diverse background peoples expressing kind of a, a monocultural expression yes. at this point. And because that is the experience, I believe, of lots of people when they grow up in church through a particular, even if it's diverse, right. monocultural expression, um, they may not understand or be aware of other cultural expressions mm. of church. That's right. That's so right. you grew up in a specific Korean expression that's of right. church. I, I think that's the best way to describe that's right. it. That's right. What was that experience like for people who maybe don't know what that cultural experience is? It may be different than the one they have in their mind. Okay, well, I can speak to my experience. Sure. So, um, uh, though I'm second generation Korean American, I grew up in what we call a first generation Korean church. That means mm-hmm. uh, most of the, the pastors and the leaders, the dominant language was in Korean. Culture was Korean. But there was uh, those of us who were the children of first generation uh, Korean Korean Americans. And, um, and so I grew up in a church where, uh, how do I say this? I, I didn't feel quite at home even in the Korean church. Okay. Um, let me explain because in, in the white church, I definitely didn't feel at home. Mm-hmm. But even in the Korean church, I didn't quite feel at home because everything was done in Korean, a language that was my second language. Right. And, um, and things were done in, 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 in according to Korean culture. And yet here I was, a bicultural, and feeling like I didn't quite belong in either place. Right. Wow. And so yeah. the place where I feel, yeah. felt like I most belonged was in the youth group with other second generation Korean Americans who, yeah. for example, wanted uh, kimchi with their Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. Right? Yeah. It was a kind, of a, uh, kind of a mixture of two sure. cultures, right? So, and again, uh, that, that's really helpful because God's plan is interesting. 
Uh, and uh, I've shared this on the show before. Where God led me, if he had told me yeah. up front, this is where he's going to lead me. I've been truthful saying, if he had yeah. told me, I'd have been me, Jonah, Boat, Tarsus. I'd have been just like Jonah. I'd have been running like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but God in his grace and his wisdom led me slowly along That's the process right. of, of, of being a pastor. And that That's was right. God's plan for you, too, for right. you to be a pastor. And at some point, you decided to go into ministry. And, right. and a lot of a journey began in that moment, especially yes. when you start talking about even your ethnicity and your background. That's right. That's Talk right. to us a little bit about that. So my call to ministry? Yeah. Okay, so um, I was uh, born and, and kind of raised in the Korean, Korean American church. And, and going into ministry, uh, by default meant doing ministry um, at a Korean American uh, kind of context. Sure. Because I didn't have any friendships at white churches or I didn't mm-hmm. have any uh, white pastor mentors. So I felt like I was almost kind of like um, relegated to kind of the Korean American church. Mm-hmm. When, when I went to seminary and got to learn under some brilliant you know, white professors, there was a part of me that always wished I could do ministry like in, in a white church. Sure. And let me let me tell you why I wanted to do that. Sure. And it's because at that time, um, that to me felt like what where the real action was. Okay. In, in a white church where, um, because my whole life I've been taught to, to assimilate. What that means is I'm trying to assimilate into majority culture. Sure. That's where all the, the knowledge experts were. Mm-hmm. That's where all the people that you know who had power and the, the, the power to grant permission, the power to give referrals and recommendations were always sure. kind of my white uh, professors and my white pastors. So I always wished I could do ministry in a white church, mm-hmm. uh, but I felt like I just wasn't given the opportunity to do that. And I think, um, and part of that stemmed from my uh, longing uh, to to be more white and to be less Asian. Now, I'm, I'm looking at a set of things that we kind of talked yeah. about in advance that we're going to walk through. And there was actually yeah. a question that I want people to know that you wanted me to ask. Yes. Because okay. it, it's kind of a pointed question yes. that, that at one point you described yourself as really sort of downplaying. Yes. Even maybe hating your ethnicity. Um, and then even as you got into ministry, thinking about the ministry that you were doing as junior varsity, Mm -hmm. take us into your mindset of that. Okay. Uh, What I meant by that, uh, Brian is, uh, Ministry at a white church seemed like that was varsity level. Okay, you know, I mean, that's where that's that's the that's the the top. That's this, that's that's where it was the best. And that's kind of alluding to what you just said a, a moment ago about the influence and those sort of things. That's Is that right. where that came that's from? That's right. Um, and maybe I, I have to go a step further and even explain this because this will explain. Um, there was a moment when I realized I was a two way racist. Oh, okay. What do, I, what do I mean by that? Is, now, I've heard you talk about this yes. before, so I, I think I know where you're going, but I want people to listen really, really clearly what you're about to say, because okay. it's powerful stuff. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of people in America see racism as a black-white uh, mm-hmm. kind of a, a discussion. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but there's, there's got to be space in that conversation for kind of yellow and brown people as well. And so when I say I was a two-way racist, this is what I meant. Uh, on the one hand, uh, I was racist uh, toward other uh, black and brown people thinking that the Asians uh, were superior fin- uh, because uh, whether it's because um, based on knowledge or financial earning, and I there was kind of a kind of a disdain for those that I considered to be below me, kind of the uh, black and brown people. Sure. And then there was kind of this reverse racism where I looked up at white people, and and I was racist in the sense where I felt inferior uh, to white people, and so I had rank ordered race in my own mind, meaning on the top were the white people. 
Uh, right after that, we're, we're Asian people. And then after that, we're black and brown people. And, uh, and because I had bought into this idea that, that basically I had internalized white supremacy myself. So though I'm not white, I had mm-hmm. internalized white supremacy. Yeah, and I think it's important that we talk about at, at when we're saying this that – when the gospel comes into our life, we use this term sanctification, yeah. and it's just a fancy theology word to say becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. But the day the gospel comes up and we That's accept right. Jesus, it doesn't mean all our junk goes away. That's right. That's that, right. There's, there's stuff in all of our lives that we have to work out that, that Jesus kind of shines a light on and say, hey, right. Brian, uh, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And, yeah. and yeah. so you were yeah. a believer That's when right. this was inside of That's you right. and you were working right. through this. Where do you think that mindset or perspective kind of came from? Can you point to a, a moment or do you think it was just you, what you were gathering together, what the enemy mm. was trying to feed you from the experiences you were going through saying this yeah. is what's true? Yeah. Um, I guess when it comes to my embracing my own identity, I think there was a time when the, what we call a kind of self-loathing. I, I hated being Asian mm-hmm. uh, because I wanted to be white mm-hmm. because I thought to be white meant to be you know to be to be better or whatever however you describe to be better. Right. And then, um, but then there's the opposite error of uh, so I know some Korean friends that were too proud to be Korean. That was like their identity. They were like patriotic, you know, nationalistic, go Korea. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think those are two uh, erroneous ways to think about race. I think what happened for me was I came to a place where I came to accept the fact that God had made me a Korean American, that it wasn't Mm. by accident. And it really took him back to the doctrine of uh, Imago Dei, me being created yes. in the image yeah. of God. Yeah. And that God, in his wisdom and sovereignty and love, uh, decided to create the human race with color. Yes. Yeah. And it yes. wasn't by accident that I was Korean American. So, yeah. And um, I think the gospel, what, I, what the gospel allowed me to do was to embrace uh, my ethnic, racial, and cultural identity. Without making it the most important thing, it was obviously my identity in Christ is the most important primary identity, but that those identities were not unimportant. Yeah, there's a, a good talk, a lot of good talks by Tony Evans. Yes. Uh, when yeah. it talks about having having the adjective, the modifier in yes. the wrong place. Yes. I don't know if you ever yes. heard that yeah. Yeah. Uh, before the noun that is Christian right. in that yes. what defines yes. us first is, right. is Christian child, son, daughter mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. God Almighty. That's right. And the struggle that, you know, it's interesting that I love how just honest you're being and I really appreciate that because I think especially as pastors I mean we kind of know a few bit of a Bible right Um, there are a lot of things that we know intellectually but it doesn't mean it's penetrated into our heart again I mean we know that God knows everything he doesn't make a mistake he didn't wake up one day and say oh well this person's supposed to be this color and this person this color and that caught me off guard God doesn't do second class he doesn't do any of that sort of stuff but there are a lot of cultural messages that can somehow uh, reinforce that's right. lies that the enemy wants to give to us. That's right. Yeah. So, Owen, I don't know if this would surprise you or not, but here's the deal. I was almost like the opposite of you. Hmm. When I was in seminary, I had some Asian friends whom I marveled at. Like, huh. man, I wish they, I was as smart as those guys are. <laughs> I actually went to, I cannot remember his name. I won't pretend to know it. Yeah. But he was on. He was getting his PhD at Emory. Okay. I was getting my MDiv. Okay. The senior pastor of the largest church in Seoul, South Korea, like thousands and thousands okay. and thousands. I can't remember his name. But I sat beside him in my colloquy class. Okay. Okay. But I sat there and I was like, Oh my gosh! I'll never be as smart as this dude. So it was <laughs> funny to hear you say you looked at the white guys and said, right. hey, I get that. I get that. 
But I was saying while you were saying, like, oh my gosh, I was the exact opposite. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and I love the story that you're telling because it goes to illustrate that the enemy has a strategy, That's, no matter yeah, what sure. your cultural background oh is, goodness. to yeah. somehow make you reduce the imago dea that That's God right. has yes. put in you. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. If right. he can have you live from some other place other than the identity God has placed That's in right. you, That's uh, right. he is winning in That's this. Right. And so you talked about the aspect of how ultimately the gospel, That's right. when it became good news, it freed you not any longer to say this is second class or what it may be but instead to embrace something how does that look different yeah so my whole life i was trying to be what i thought white people wanted me to be Mm -hmm. what i thought would was was successful in kind of white culture sure so i was never free to be myself i was always trying to be someone else or trying to be uh, in someone else's skin. Sure. But the moment that the gospel really deeply penetrated in this area uh, uh, of my life, and I can really begin to embrace that God created me as a Korean American. Here's another thing. I thought about the resurrection and in Revelation. Why was John able to see that people from every different tribe, nation, tongue is there? Yeah. Because people with different skin color are there. Yeah. And it dawned on me that even in my resurrected body, <laughs> I'm going to have yellow skin. Amen. Yeah. I think when Amen. I was younger, I kind of thought at, uh, with my resurrection, resurrected body I was going to have a white body <laughs> isn't that crazy that's how deep uh, it kind of sure. went and so when I came to understand wow this is actually a good thing that God created me as a Korean American born in you know, 1971 Amen. I began to Amen. really uh, embrace um just kind of a, the things that came natural to me. I sure. no longer had to try to pretend to be someone I wasn't. I could just be myself, and that was okay. Yeah, and, and so for people here listening, I think a lot of times, number one, again, I'm going to go back and thank you for your honesty because we've said this in the show lots of times when the adjective pastor comes before the people that we interview, whether it's myself, mm. Dennis, or, or you, people just tune it out like, well, that can't be true, the good stuff, because they're a pastor. And so all of a sudden <laughs> when we start talking about our junk, that's right. right, they're like, oh, well, maybe I can relate. To, yeah, to this person in right. that way. And so as we look deeper, explain for someone for from your perspective, but also the gospel perspective, what's the danger hmm. uh, in, in not accepting how God has not only made ourselves, but other people in creating any sense of hierarchy hmm. in that way? Yeah, I, I think the only way we can truly love everyone uh, from different races, cultures, and ethnicities, if we take seriously the doctrine of the image of God. Mm. That uh, though you look different from me, though we have different backgrounds, you are as beloved by God uh, as I am. And mm-hmm. because God loves you, uh, I'm called to love you too. Mm-hmm. And I'm called to treat you with respect and mm-hmm. dignity because yes. of the image yes. of God in you. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Amen. Despite your color, the mm-hmm. color of your skin, or your cultural or racial background. Yeah. 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 Which is really interesting, by the way. Owen and I are pretty much the exact same age. And I see him, I'm like, it. he looks a whole lot better for 48 than I do. Just for the record, uh, in that I can, way. I can, I can give a witness yeah, to I hope Wava didn't amen, get upset amen. that I just oh, said that government on the air. Asians don't reason. Not even going amen. there. Uh, well, so talk about now you're taking that, taking that specific cultural yeah. identity and talk about some of the challenges now of pastoring a Christian church yeah. in America where the majority culture right. is a predominantly different culture. That's right. That's right. And I want to specifically talk about an Asian culture That's right. because I think most of our audience may be more familiar with their, yeah. if we're just going to be stereotypical, well, that is a white church yeah. and that is a black church, yeah. African-American, yes. Bahamian, right. whatever That's it right. might be. Yes. Uh, yeah. And even when we talk about, and you've already hit it, when we That's talk right. about diversity, oftentimes we just immediately go, That's right. we got white people and we got black people right. uh, coming together or brown people coming together. But there, there's more to it than that. That's talk right. about the challenges uniquely that you, yeah. you face. Um, 
Uh, more than challenges, I'd like to talk about this, Brian. I, I feel like a church like ours, where the majority culture is Asian American, mm-hmm. we've become uh, a home for a lot of people. Let yeah. me explain. Because people like me, we've always been minorities in someone else's majority culture. Okay. So, for example, growing up in school, going to college, as an Asian American, I was a minority in white majority culture. But even for someone like me that grew up in the church, even at church, I was a minority in someone else's majority culture because mm-hmm. the majority culture of the Korean church is Korean language speaking and, um, and just very Korean. And and so our church is a place where the people in leadership and the culture is by second generation Korean Americans. And I can't tell you, Brian, how many times people that join our church have said to me, Pastor Owen, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm at home. Wow. Wow. And I think what they're meaning is for the first time they get to be a part of majority culture. Sure. Yeah. Because in our church, the senior pastor looks like them. And in our church, the elders and all the leadership looks like them. They look out in the church and it's a sea of blackheads. Yeah. It's, and, but it's not just first generation Asians, it's second generation Asians. And so for the first time they say, wow, I can see myself here laying down roots here. I can see myself raising my kids here. I can see myself maybe serving as a deacon or an elder here, yes. which was inconceivable as a second generation Korean American in a first generation Korean church. So for so many people, they've said, Pastor Owen, for the first time, I feel like I'm at home. That's yeah. pretty cool. And it's, it's, it's pretty really cool. powerful. Yeah. I yeah. love Very cool. hearing that because what you're doing is really you are creating that community that God has designed that, right. that many times people haven't been able to engage and, and, right. break, and, and, and break into. rather. As we close, you know, one of the pillars uh, of One Heart DC mm-hmm. uh, is this idea of unity. In that's fact, right. that's one of the main things that WAVE is about, too. That's why they invite that's One right. Heart DC that's right. uh, to, to partner here for Good News for the City. Would you talk about this point of how still unity can happen without mm. uniformity? Oh, uh, that's that's a great question. And I gave it to you with a minute to go, so yeah. no pressure, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I think what has happened is churches with different majority cultures need to intentionally get together, mm-hmm. uh, spend time together, do things together to show the world. Yeah. Sometimes Amen. our Amen. local churches can't show the full diversity of God's people. Sure. And so we need a network of churches to come together to show the world just how beautifully diverse uh, God's people really are because one local church is it's really hard for a local church to do that but I think as a collection of local churches we have a better shot of uh uh, portraying that beautiful diversity. And one of the things I love about Owen's heart is his transparency, but also the idea of the embracement of the fact that of the little C versus the big C church, you know, mm. you don't have the corner on church, nope. Christian Fellowship Church. We don't that's have the right. corner. We're part of something that's bigger. Right. And right. in fact, that's what One Heart DC is about, trying Amen. to understand for gospel saturation to happen here in the Washington metro area, we have to be part of something bigger. Amen. Get out that's of right. our little silos, Amen. get right. out of our little whatever areas where that's we right. don't integrate, that's right. uh, where God's called us to be, but to come out something bigger right. so thanks for being here uh, sharing your story we got a whole lot of things I'm sure we're gonna have to call him back on and say hey would Indeed. you want to come in and, and talk some more yeah hey, thanks for having me man I tell you something Pastor Owen my eyes have been opened a lot and, they, and they're opened by a lot of different folks yeah. they've been opened by God's amazing grace through you today mm-hmm. because as a person who has always all of his life been in a majority white 
kind of guy, right? That's right. I've had all of those privileges. I've gotten all the good education and all of that kind of stuff because of that. And what a powerful witness you have been to me today. Amen. So thank you, and God bless you. Oh, thank uh, you, Dennis. Folks, uh, Pastor Owen's just a wonderful man. We're going to have him back, by the way. Yeah. We are going to talk he to him He doesn't know it yet, but we're going to tell him it, now. But we're gonna, we, he's not going to get out of the studio until we get him, right? Yeah, so exactly. here we go. So, hey, for more information and you want to hear this again, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or another way is you can go on wava.com, look under our podcast page on Good News for the City the keyword and or you can call me live Dennis Williams here at the radio station 703-807-2266 hey folks thank you God bless you thanks for listening Brian and I will see you again next week and remember it's the gospel that makes a way it's the gospel the gospel that makes a way Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.